0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, hear another parable. He told lots of stories. You might wonder, as many people do, why did he tell so many stories? Well, because we like stories. Homilies that only have a punchline but no story tend to go flat. Father Scalia's favorite homily, which he's never given, but we always joke about it, is just simply, do good, avoid evil. (laughs) His second favorite homily is, stop doing that. But we like stories. Our imagination is very important. It's connected to our intellect. It helps our memory um, pick out what's important. It moves us to tears. It moves us to, to gratitude. In this story in particular, our Lord is playing it out so that the people who are receiving this message will identify with the good person and get angry at the bad guy And then realize, I'm the bad guy. The message sticks a little more firmly. The image that he's using, the vineyard, is as old as sacred scripture. We heard it from the prophet Isaiah just now. He talks about the vineyard and then he even explains the imagery of it, right? the vineyard is the house of the Lord. It's Israel. The people of Judah are the plant. And the vineyard is meant to produce fruit. Vineyards aren't just supposed to be pretty and avoid producing weeds. They're supposed to produce fruit, and abundantly. There's a lot of energy that goes into it. There's a lot of effort maintaining it. And if it doesn't produce good fruit, it's, it's a waste of time and it's a waste of land. It's a waste of resources. It's also really frustrating. When our Lord picks up this image, he's making it even that much more up to date. It's not just that the Lord planted a vineyard and is expecting it to produce fruit, but he has planted his vineyard, and it's not producing the fruit. And time and time again, the fruit is being stolen from him. There are people doing bad things to prevent this vineyard from producing the fruit and getting it to the people to whom it should return. The Lord's prophets are being killed, and then eventually... The eternal Father's only begotten Son is crucified. And so the kingdom of God was given to others so that it would produce fruit. And then we enter into the narrative because we're the ones to whom this has all been given and been entrusted But the, the image continues. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans warns them from being presumptuous. So it's, it's a great experience to read St. Paul's letter to the Romans when you're in Rome, but consider yourself all Romans right now. If some of the branches were broken off... And you, a wild olive shoot, were grafted in their place to share the richness of the olive tree. Do not boast over the branches. If you do boast, remember, it is not you that support the root, but the root that supports you. You will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast only through faith. So do not become proud But stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will He spare you. We can acknowledge and even have a loyalty to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church and still come to a bad end. Because we weren't made just with brains to recognize the truth and acknowledge it, we were made with the will to choose the good, to do good, to produce fruit. It's the root that supports us. It's not just simply for natural human goods that we were made, but we are sustained by supernatural grace. We were infused with the grace of baptism and are sustained in the sacramental life since then. If we don't see supernatural things happening in our lives and in the lives of those around us, that means we are inhibiting the work of the Holy Spirit. It's difficult to imagine that, that this warning would ever apply to us because we're such good people and we always want to do good. and We, we never hurt people intentionally. But that's not enough. We were made to produce. Not to be kept in a box and do nothing. And so the guarantee given to Peter by Christ that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church holds fast, and we see it play out in the course of the history of the church. But any given family, every, any given parish, even an entire diocese can fall by the wayside. Every auxiliary bishop in the world is named after a diocese that doesn't exist anymore to serve as a warning. Our Lady of Fatima revealed not just spectacular visions that prove that she really is the mother of God. But she also showed them a vision of hell and impressed upon these little children that hell really exists and there are souls that really suffer there. And so pray and do penance. Receive the Blessed Sacrament reverently. Be faithful to God, be instruments of His grace. Bring about the conversion of the world, not just the conversion of your own soul. Our lives are meant to be spiritually fruitful. If they're not, we need to change that. It doesn't matter at what stage of life we find ourselves in. Telling the story to the person who's guilty while getting them to identify with the innocent party is what the prophet Nathan did to David. We read it in Second Samuel. You remember the story about David and Bathsheba. I don't have to remind you of that part. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, "There were two men in a certain town. One rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought." David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says I anointed you king over Israel. And I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. The repentance of David was perfect. His tears purified him. And the songs that he sings of repentance are our songs. And the poems that he wrote about the glory of heaven are our songs of worship. Prophet Jeremiah talked about his friend who had a song about a vineyard. His friend is God. And we sang his song. Imagine this chant going up to heaven among the angels and the saints of God humming about his vineyard. About his people, about the ones he loves so much, about the ones to whom he will send his only begotten son. Not all of the Psalms, but some of these Psalms were written by that same man who was moved to repentance because God told him the story that caught his attention. It is never too late. Now is the time to sing the song of the Lord and to bear fruit and to give praise to him now and forever. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.